0: Hi everybody, this is Sarah and this is Megan and you are listening to it's always the husband podcast. Welcome. Thank you for joining us today and listening to two boozy whores. <laughs> I don't know what I we don't are. Know. I didn't know either. We're not even that boozy anymore. No, we don't. I I'm on that um I haven't drank in 3 weeks. That's about the dumbest I thing know. I ever heard. When are you out of well, this? Well, now today. Today is your yeah, day. Yeah, but I yeah. So, yeah. but can... I just am still only eating vegetables and f- meat and then adding some fruit. But Good wine God. is a fruit, right? It sure is. Yeah. A fruit. It's a fruit. It's a
1: fruit wine. Yeah. So um. that counts. All right. Cool. Um, I'm on no diet at all. And I am still on the sauce. I'm just not currently. not today. Yeah. Not, not today.
0: A hard pass or was, a soft pass? It's just a soft yeah. pass.
1: I mean, it's only Monday. Right. So yeah. I'm going to give it some time. I'm going to yeah. give the week some time yeah. to set in. Yeah. Well, why not? I do have to go to the gynecologist on Thursday, so I'm thinking that will probably be a good day.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yes. I'm sure. That would be an excellent I day. will spread
1: my legs, and he will say, you oh, my God, what is this mess? You have a man, gynecologist? I do have a man. Why? Because um, he's the best at IUDs. Oh, that's what they. That's tell you're me. getting your thing
0: fixed, right? I'm getting yeah. it
1: fixed, but also it's still not good down there, and so he's gonna see the remnants of whatever happened to me a month ago, plus my butthole. Oh, is a hot mess. I don't. I oh. I don't even know.
0: Aren't you shamed, or do you? Are you I do you feel like I am woman. This is what comes with it.
1: No, I don't feel it that way. I wish. That I was more attractive (laughs) everywhere, (laughs) but especially in my nether region. Especially in the butthole. I do. I wish it was better. Um, It was Rory's birthday this weekend, and we took him to the zoo. And in the primate uh, building, there were plenty of monkeys just hanging around with their asses just yeah. drooping from the treetops and so that was Phil's joke every time there was a monkey's butthole he was like hey mom <laughs> uh, is that better than yours or worse and Aww. I was like you Aww. if we weren't in a public place in front of our children I would slap you across
0: the yeah face. you would amber turd him I, slap that him that is good.
1: no monkey's butthole um, oh, but mine's pretty dear. bad mine is Akin to a monkey.
0: Can you ask the doctor if you can put like glitter nail polish on your hemis so they look prettier? Is that possible? Yeah, I'll ask.
1: So I'll let you guys know.
0: Well, good luck to you.
1: Thanks. I hope
0: you can finally find a solution that just makes it work like a normal. Yeah, that's all you want.
1: Yeah. Well. I mean, I swear to God, if he says, well, your IUD isn't, you know, it's not done for for another year. You
0: should just live with this bleeding. I'm going to... Because that's what I feel males would think because they don't understand. But maybe he does.
1: Well, it's it's actually a specialist clinic. So they only do women's health. And he's the only man in this practice uh, besides the founding member who was murdered but oh. that's another story Jeez. but um he and the rest of them are women and i've had a lovely experience with them for the last oh uh, so
0: you just don't care you want to get in
1: no i and i like him i don't i okay. mean there's always a nurse in the room yeah. it's not like he's well, i didn't ever think he was going to totally in tear into you no he's not but te- i
0: just feel like sometimes <laughs> they <laughs> don't understand yeah of the weighing situation no, yeah
1: i feel like he's pretty good okay good. yeah yeah, I, I like them. So I just Excellent. hope they can fix All me. Right. Anyway, I didn't mean to go
0: on that butthole oh, vagina geez. tangent. Well, it wouldn't be us if we didn't. True we didn't. that. True. We that. do have a new Patreon, Athena Murray. Who? Yay, Athena, Athena Murray. Yay. Oh. Welcome. Thank you so much. And my Thank God, you. we're assholes. We are getting episodes out. We should do three for me. What's
1: Athena the goddess of?
0: Hunting wasn't it? Like, uh, is that the intelligence? Um,
1: she's like the. M-
0: she always has a bow and arrow, and I feel like she was smart.
1: She is she the same as Diana? Like she was the virgin?
0: No, one, I don't and know. She didn't like. I'm sure they're all virgins. You couldn't be a whore. Except- well, Aphrodite. Oh yeah, she was, was a whore.
1: not. Um, I feel like she was like a war. She, she had was a bow well, and yes. arrow. Right. I feel like it
0: was hunting and okay. gathering. I don't know.
1: Hunting and gathering. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Athena, thank you for yes, supporting us. Thank you so much. We're what a beautiful sorry name. Sorry, we don't know your mythological um
0: name. Yeah, create meeting. Sorry,
1: but we like you. We do. And thank you.
0: Yeah. Um, my Facebook funny fucker was Margaret Nelson Pearson or Margaret Pearson Nelson. Get it right. Up, um, where she was looking up our topic for today, Ed Kemper. Oh my god, and Ed, yes. Um, and Put in mind Gunter instead of mind Hunter. And well, you're right. We're going to steal that for our title. So she named we our sure episode. Are. So that was to me was good. Did when you? you
1: posted that, we had already talked last week about doing Ed Kemper. Yeah. And so when you posted, I was like, oh, that's yes. our title. It, Love perf- it worked out perfectly. My Facebook funny fucker was uh, someone that we actually know, Suzanne. Uh, Bidwell, and she put up the thing with the
0: Wayfair cushion that had the hole. Yeah, in I, it. I meant to comment on that because I'm like, what? I mean, what do you do um, with the hole?
1: And so we actually couldn't. Yeah, at, on Mother's Day, uh, sister in law Beth and my sister Nut Bar, and my mom and I were all sitting at my counter drinking mimosas, and we were talking about what the hell is that cushion? So Cassie finally was like, "I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up." So she looked it up, and what it is. It's still disgusting. I yeah. mean, it is like a hole to poke, but um, it opens up so that there are two cushions with two holes—a double hole. It's a double-holed cushion, and it's it opens up like a butterfly. And then oh. you, you are supposed to oh. sit like a hemorrhoid pillow. Yes, you're oh. supposed to sit with your sits bones in those holes, so oh. each, a butt cheek in each hole, and it's supposed to make you like a hippie sit yoga. Up. Yeah, it's supposed to make your posture better and not hurt your tailbone or something. Oh, so it so ended like up being quasimodos. not as gross as we thought, oh.
0: but still, it I mean, looked different. You don't market it with a hole in and the middle. And why is
1: it pink? Yeah, out nobody of all knew what the they colors. Were doing. They yes. knew what they
0: were doing.
1: Yeah. Jeez. Like any other color.
0: Does it say our biggest uh, clientele is teenage boys? <laughs> They save their forty dollars yeah. every month and for buy this these cushion. hemorrhoid pillows. Ugh. Um, and my glitter in the shitter this week is another adorable Etsy shop. I like to support Etsy artists. You do, yes. Um, and it is called Cursing Mermaid. How can you get better than that? You can. So I've been buying little succulents, um, and cute little plants that are not obviously native to Minnesota Mm. um but I got a few you should show you upstairs they're actually super cute um and I wanted cute little planters for them so she had some and they say cute phrases and I had one all ready to go but then Randy um, Randy came and sat on my thing But one was like, don't kill this plant like you've killed your hopes and dreams. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yep, I'm going to buy that one. And sun whore. Yeah, it's sun whore. One. Um, they're really cute. So I'll put some pictures up. But it's called Cursing Mermaid. And she has really cute planters and I stuff I love like that. it. If I
1: believed in myself, I would buy one and then buy a plant. But... You have those cute planters planters on your deck. Yeah, and year. I, usually a flower lives in one for three days oh, well. before it's burned by the sun or I forget to water it yeah, or my kid I'm... kicks it over.
0: It's hard. I'm, I'm going to have to get it together because yeah. I have a graduation coming I know, up you do. And
1: it's going to have to look better than it ever has before. Uh, my glitter in the shitter is a drink brought to me by some whores we know. Uh they happen to be our besties, but they started talking about this oh, blueberry so it's really pie. low quality whores. Lo- they're low oh, quality whores. These are dock walkers. Oh, yeah. Basically. Lot um, lizards. Yes. And they, these bitches told me about blueberry vodka with lemon cello lacroix. That's a fruit. Now, I I am a fan of the lemoncello.
0: You are. It's probably my favorite
1: flavor of LaCroix. So um, I was really excited to try this. So I bought this cheap blueberry blueberry vodka. It was the only kind that they had at the liquor store. Um, And it was sweet. Oh, like too sweet? Like too sweet. But so I just... So I ended up when I made one that I really liked, it didn't have a lot of vodka in it because the vodka was too sweet for me. But uh, my friend, our friend in Patreon Moppin told me that the there's some brand, like maybe the absolute blueberry or the Stoli blueberry isn't as sweet as the off brand okay. that I bought um, because that's. The one she liked, but it it is refreshing for one summer drink. It's like oh, mm-hmm. it's like the perfect Friday. I just got home from work. I'm gonna sit on my deck in the sun and drink a vodka lemon to forget the
0: week at yes. work. Yes, yeah. and you can
1: have one, and then you can go straight to beer, yeah, or prosecco, which is what I did yeah. on Friday night. But it was uh, a refreshing twist, cute. So thanks. Make a horse.
0: nice one and send me a picture. Or I will. Okay. A cute little one. I will with maybe a lemon wedge. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we are going to do our second episode on mothers for May, Mother's Day, May. Mothers that created horrible killers.
1: I would like to warn everyone ahead of time, too. Again, this episode is not for the faint of heart.
0: No, it's terrible.
1: Trigger warning times 1 million. Yep. There is a lot of bad shit that goes on yeah. in this episode. So, so yeah.
0: listeners, beware. It's for the faint of fart. That's <laughs> what we are, if you're our kind. No, this is terrible. If you're our kind, you'll love yeah. it. But, um, yes. Um, it is on Ed. Kemper so Megan when we said to do someone suggested Ed Kemper and I said yes perfect Megan mentioned again we already talked about Ed Kemper and I said no we didn't and she said how come I feel like we have and I said remember when you didn't know Ed Kemper and I called you a dumb asshole <laughs> and then I told you he's the one that fucks the neck and, and then you like, looked no. it up and then you were like oh yeah we, that was Ed Kemper and I said that's how much we talked about him so Ed Kemper is the one where. We talked about he fucks the neck. Why why did we end
1: up talking about that? Was somebody else a head fucker?
0: Maybe. No, someone had that head in his the back remember that English guy that had the head in the back of his car or something? Well Ed Kemper had shit. Yeah, he sure did. So this is on Ed Kemper. It is another world's most evil killers from we watched the Ed Gein version for last week. This one you find on YouTube, it was not on Discovery mm-hmm. Plus, so we got it on YouTube, but it's world World's Most Evil Killers, the Ed Kemper episode. It comes with reenactments and everything. D-
1: does the narrator drive you nuts yeah. in this show? I it's can't weird. stand it. Yeah. I don't know what it is about him, but he's like, and then was yes. Ed Kemper, da-da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. And he's like kind of British or something. Yeah, it's a little bit off-putting because it's it's not like in the tone of the show no it's like too loud and aggressive for right the narration the
0: narration should just be kind of in the back while you're visually looking and he
1: it's like no one does it like jarring no he had it
0: perfected he did um susan lucci is good too because she just seductively comes in and out Uh uh-huh the year we picked was 1964 because it was the year of Ed Kemper's first murders, um, not including all the family cats that he actually killed, mm. Um, which is pretty bad. Uh, they didn't yeah, say that in the I show. Did you find I that? found, yes. I read a book on him just a few months ago. It was bad, too. Oh, I mean, it was a no. gr- fantastic book, but it was like... Okay, lots of details okay. that you just don't so really want to know. F-
1: what is the book called? I, Do you I, remember? Yes.
0: All right. So, if you want to know this book, why um, I listened, I listen all the time to "Once Upon a Crime" with the host uh-huh. Esther, and I love her, and she was also at CrimeCon um, last week. We were not. Had you guys? We poor. Um, and she did an episode of Ed Kemper and it's kind of myth myth surrounding Ed Kemper and what's true, what's not. Okay. And she had this author on that wrote this, I mean, incredibly fascinating book. It's big, though. It's called Murder Capital of the World. And Emerson Murray is the name. And he grew up in Santa Cruz. Uh, and around this time, he actually went to high school, not at the time, but I think afterwards, of one of the killers he writes about. So in the 60s and 70s, or so right around when Kemper was going santa cruz had three mm-hmm. serial killers happening at the same time mm-hmm. this guy john linley frazier who ended up just really killing a fam- one whole family in santa cruz and the same time herbert mullen was killing mm-hmm. he was and then totally psychotic like actually really really crazy he killed about he 10 killed people 10, i think yeah and then ed was going around killing so Santa Cruz which is tiny like fishing village before it really built up into it before the college even came which came in the 70s was this nothing town but a beautiful on the beach and it had three just hunters killing people yeah. at the same time and he wrote a book about this time and what he did is it was it's all quotes it's not like a narration it's just told by quotes from people, people who lived in the town at the time, relatives of the killers, relatives of the victims, the police, the prosecutors, the ones that are still alive. And then he got quotes from quotes, interviews that they did before, like Ed Kemper's mom. And he puts the quotes in a, into a story like it's a, a narration, but it's just qu- people telling the story in their different quotes. It's hard to explain. And what is it called? It's called Murder Capital of the World. Okay. And it was fascinating so he he has a whole background and story of ed kemper had uh, of these three killers their whole story and all the surrounding and it's all happening at the you know same prosecutors and same cops because they're dealing with all of them and i got a lot of tons of information from that from listening to once this guy on once upon a crime so that i'll have some outside information i'm gonna add in a little bit so we went to 1964. So some of you may have been alive that listened in 1964. I actually wasn't, believe it or not. And I'm old. You're an old. No kidding. Movies in 1964, the beloved Mary Poppins. Oh, I love Mary Poppins. Oh, Mary Poppins. Birds. Yeah. the birds. Yes. And then the good old My Fair Bird. Lady. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Goldfinger. uh uh Uh, marnie which was a hitchcock and i believe marnie my roommate was named after marnie i've never heard it's about a woman whose mom i believe was like murdered or raped or something and she saw it when she was a kid and so the color red freaks her out and she doesn't know why and then she has to find out why whenever she sees red she freaks out and then she remembers oh this horrible trauma happened to me as a kid why did marnie my mom
1: named her after well it was
0: that. played by uh tippy hedron and she was pretty oh
1: yeah she was hard days also living with
0: tigers lions and yeah. tigers yep hard days night the Beatles were big as you saw viva las vegas with good old elvis mm. and then moon spinners with hayley mills i always liked that movie oh. i have never
1: seen it but i love hayley mills yes
0: um she's Aww. a little teenager in Crete and she's trying to solve like a jewelry heist or whatever. And it's just cute. Is it like a Disney? I don't think so, but it, it probably it maybe it what is. What is it called? Moon Spinners. Oh. I think it was a book actually too. Maybe. Oh. Um TV was Bewitched, one of my favorites um. ever. Flipper, which they never show anymore. Mm-mm. Lassie, so a lot of the animal type mm-hmm. things. Bonanza, the fugitive, Patty Duke, where she was twins with her cousin. You ever see that?
1: Um, I've never I know what it is. Yeah. I've never seen Adams it. Adams Family
0: it. and the Munsters, so a lot of the supernatural with mm-hmm. Bewitched. Um, Beverly Hillbillies, Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. Um Civil Rights Act was signed this year. Yes, and it was. I'm sure the we yeah. shit away <laughs> this year, probably. Yep. Um Cigarettes got their warning. I oh. guess they finally realized maybe they're bad. The time of madmen. Yeah. yeah. Um the miniskirt was introduced and the whole world shit their pants because women were showing, I guess, thigh. And now they're shitting their pants again. Yeah. They just, they can't take it. No, they can't take nothing. Fashion was mod fashion, the British invasion. Yeah. Um, phrases like let your fingers do the walking. And that was for yellow pages. Uh Um, does she, or doesn't she for clear all she doesn't clear all (laughs) clearly. She doesn't. (laughs) Um, Please don't squeeze the Charmin. Oh. Um, So, not bad. Do you want
1: to know uh, what songs were popular? Yes. Well, if you know any Beatles songs, every single one of them was popular. Yes. So, I'm talking Can't Buy Me Love. I'm talking Twist and Shout. I'm talking... Um, please, please me. I'm talking, I want to hold your hand. All of them. She loves you. Every single Beatles song was on the chart. Like, A Hard Day's Night. Yeah, literally, it just goes like, every other song is a Beatles song. So, good job, Beatles. Way to go. I saw her standing there. It was I mean, like, literally, every, it's you just keep going. Every other song is a Beatles song. So... Um, they were huge, obviously. And then there were still some, there were still some crooners on the charts. There's a couple of Dean Martin songs Mm. and, um, a story that I'm fascinated with. The beach boys had the number five song of that year. I get around and my dad Mm. was a huge beach boys fan. And so I grew up listening to their records and, um, I, I don't remember what I want. It, it's some documentary that's really, really good. I mean, obviously, Brian Wilson turned out to be weird and like, yeah, mentally ill. But yeah, how they were like, at the very, you know, coming out at the very same time as the Beatles, and they were going to be this huge thing, which they s- were still a yeah. huge thing with the Beatles just completely overshadowed everybody. Them. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, but we're American. Yeah. And, you know, it was this big thing I, I wish i knew what movie it was but um so they did have a couple songs and can't um what did i say the go into the chapel oh go into the chapel and that one was do what did it do and oh barbara streisand
0: with good old Barbara. people. Oh,
1: people. Good for her. People who need people. And finally, Roy Orbison's "Pretty Woman" oh. was the number four song of the oh, year. All right. So lots of good, lots of good ones. ones. I mean, every one of these, you know, yeah, we you, everybody would know. Yes, dancing oh. in the street. You would love all of these. Um, everybody knows them. But yeah, it's big on the oh. Beatles. Baby So that's our year we're in. Love. That's yeah. a shitty year. Yep. And this was when it all started. Yes.
0: For. For Ed. We're going to go back on the, the we're going to go forward in the show a little bit. I'm going to start when, with Ed's childhood. Yeah, And then, yeah. cause they kind of jump right in yeah, the middle and it's around. Um, kind of confusing. So Ed is still alive. He's still in jail. Mm-hmm. He's a, very much a, quiet recluse that doesn't do interviews anymore which was quite the opposite when he was first in jail um but you really can't get him to talk anymore which is so unusual because he would never fucking shut up the police set <laughs> one thing they're like he doesn't ever fucking shut up um but now he just is an old man and doesn't talk at all which fine yeah. fuck you ed. yeah um ed kemper was born in 1948 um, so obviously, like a, bo- a baby boomer type guy, Uh he was born in good old Burbank, where The Price is Right is filmed. Yep, yes, probably in Southern California. His mom, the mother here of the story, Clarnell. In Clarnell, what a name. Clarnell is a terrible name. I mean, that is a terrible name, Clarnell. But I'm not sure if she gets. I think she gets a worse rap than she deserved and i'll explain why but Ed, you
1: are sympathetic to her yeah. i am not
0: um she i just i b- tried to put myself in her shoes a little I bit know. i know um and the dad though i think is a douchebag the dad was yes. also edmund senior yeah and he has two sisters and the sisters have different names I, mean, I remember the names are kind of like different but i can't remember <laughs> they're like jane no and they were Susan? Like oh, like, Like a boy, one had like a boy name, and I thought it was a brother, and then it was a sister. But let me look it
1: up and see if I um, can find it. Did you see somebody got a bingo the other
0: day? Oh no! Oh, I meant to update those and totally forgot. Shocking. Um, we have bingo cards. We'll update them. Do
1: you know that? What did I just say? The sisters' names were.
0: Yeah, I was Jane and Susan.
1: One of them's name is Susan. Well, what's the other one? The other one I feel like had a. Alan. A-L-N. That was it. Y-N is his younger Alan. sister. Yes.
0: Um. So he was in the middle. Susan yes. was
1: five years older than him, and Alan was two years so
0: younger than him. So it's the Alan or Ellen, whatever it was pronounced, is the one who's interviewed a lot in the book. We okay. get her story a lot. Okay. Um, so Edmund Sr., this might explain something. He was a World War II vet, and he worked on a nuclear testing site i feel like he always volunteered um his balls for the (laughs) nuclear testing because something was wrong with Uh his genes Uh um so they would say we're going to test out this nuclear bomb or um you know we're we're testing out this radiation and he would always say can i stick my balls in it and they would say no ed Please, we've already stuck your balls in every, absolutely every bit of uranium here and rubbed on them. Your balls can stay out of this one. Yeah. Um, so something was wrong with his weighing to have Ed as a child. Then he asked
1: for, can you? Can I at least have one of those pillows from Wayfair? Yeah. And they're like,
0: no, Ed Senior. You did this to your no. own balls. So you deal <laughs> with it. God damn it. <laughs> and then Ed, Ed used to say this around the house and to his friends, which... Um, tells you a lot. Suicide missions were nothing compared to living with Clarnell. <laughs> so Clarnell must have been a real rootin' tootin' bitch. Yep. Um, for her to create Ed Kemper, but I feel like Ed Kemper was born Ed Kemper, a mm. fucked up asshole, and he just took advantage of situations he was in as well. I think he was just broken from the start. I... But Home Life wasn't, it wasn't great, but it wasn't as bad, I feel like, after this book, as I think in his head it was.
1: I'm telling you, rejection from your parents yes, is the ultimate trauma. And it, I, he may have been, uh, you know fucked up he which was i obviously think he was yeah. he was super smart too so he knew how to manipulate people and um i don't think he ever told himself the truth like i think he just lived in
0: no he a was also like a narcissist or, w- weird yeah. world yeah but he oof so I clarnell was described as an extraordinary personality neurotic aggressive alcoholic she was a booze a huge booze hound yeah And utterly, utterly domineering. Um, I feel now all of our descriptions of Clarnell come from Ed Kemper. So I feel like they're tainted a little bit. Um, But
1: she was bad enough for the husband to leave.
0: Yes. But I feel like the husband was already a huge dick. And Clarnell was a handsome woman. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it says she terrorized both her husband and son. She favored her daughters. Mm -hmm. Um, The parents divorced. So Clarnell and Ed split when Kemper was nine, which is a rough year for divorce. Clarnell probably liked to say, can you cut the fucking grass? Can you get up and do something? I know your balls are inflamed because you stuck them all the time in uranium. But (laughs) can you cut the grass? Ed, can you do something? Can you stop strangling the cat and get to school? (laughs) Can you at least put the milk away, Ed? Ed? He was terrible. Terrible yeah. son. If you had a son like this, it kept killing your cats. Well, so then the other thing
1: was the games he would play with his sisters were,
0: fucks. were
1: alarming. And yes. he would ask them to play gas chamber or electrocution.
0: And he would also want to put them in handcuffs all the time. And they'd be like, uh, I'm no, going to pass on that, buddy. Yeah.
1: Um, he would cut the heads off their dolls, and yes, the, and the hands, the yeah. head and the hands off their dolls. I read that on something.
0: Yeah, he was horrible. Um, so, when the divorce happened, Clarnell took all the kids and went to Helena, Montana, and he's stuck out there with a mom he already hates. He's blaming her, I'm sure, for his dad leaving. Because his dad left and his dad probably looked down on him and the whole family. That's he wants dad's attention most of Mm -hmm. all. You know, like, dad, you left. So now I want to impress you, even though mom's the one taking care of me right now Mm -hmm. and cleaning up all the cat guts and doll heads that I'm cutting and the weirdness I am. He wants to be with dad. Um, And he has I mean, he was a weird like you said, these weird games. He was obsessed with death. In fact, just for what his sisters grew up with, when one of his sisters was driving with her husband and she heard of like a headless corpse, which was one of Ed's work Mm -hmm. before she even knew Ed was killing, she turned to her husband driving in the car from the radio and said, I think that's Ed. Like she knew just from childhood that when they started doing news reports of these bodies showing up, she just said, that's Ed. That's my brother i mean that's how creepy he was growing up yeah so clarnell has this fucked kid yeah it's probably like jesus fucking christ can you just be normal for picture day one time and come home from school without the teachers calling and saying you did something totally fucked up one day ed and he couldn't so he gets super angry angry at the sisters he's weird as hell and Clarnell says he's going to sleep in the basement and I'm sure he had a bedroom and a bed, but when Ed talks about it, it was just like, he was locked in the basement. It was this cruel punishment. He couldn't get, I mean, and maybe she did lock him in there. you know, whatever, for when he was bad or something, who knows you have this kid who's fucked. She probably, and she's an alcoholic. She doesn't know how mm-hmm. to deal with him. Um, she's a single mom who knows what's going on. And he's in his head is fucking nuts. But
1: It's bad. It's like, too, at that point in time, right? We don't, We don't know what we know now. And so, like, obviously, she wants to make sure her kids are okay. You know what I mean? Right. And, like, save her girls. And I get that. I understand that. And I feel like I probably would do the same, except now I feel like we would take our kid to a treatment facility. Of you know what I mean? It's like we don't just lock our... Well, yes.
0: No, she shouldn't have just sent like him to the at basement. At the
1: time, what do you... you those so aren't really options. He's
0: taking yeah. it as I'm less. You're seeing me as lesser. Yeah. You're punishing me for... I don't understand what I'm doing wrong because he's just doing something Which to him that she seems was. normal. she yes. didn't like
1: him. She, yes. He was weird and yeah. scary. Yeah. And he's yeah.
0: seeing all that and just resenting it and resenting it and resenting it and resenting it and just getting angrier and angrier and angrier yeah. and angrier. And he's 10... 11 12 at this time and he can't control that at all um so at 13 he run, he steals the car and drives away and what they didn't say in the show is clarnell calls edmund senior and said ed just took the car and i have a feeling he's going to your house in california and ed senior is fuck because Ed Sr. already has a new wife and she mm-hmm. has a son. And there, Ed Kemper shows up as a 13-year-old running away with his mom's stolen car. And so he takes Ed in for a tiny bit and right away, and this wasn't in the show, his new wife says, Ed's fucking weird. Get him out of our house. Mm-hmm. Because Ed is just staring at the stepmother. He would stand in the corner and stare at her for minutes and minutes and minutes and minutes at a time, not responding, just staring. So she's like, holy shit, he's super weird. And Ed even said like, yeah, I just look at her. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, creepy. And then he's yeah. again, seven feet tall yeah. and weird as fuck. Yeah. So the dad, it said in the show that mom brought ed to the grandparents it was dad so what dad took the whole family and ed and said we're gonna go drive up north and visit grandma and grandpa it was dad's mom it was his dad's mom and dad they lived in north fork california which was literally like a nothing town Mm -hmm. It was like Walnut Grove, seriously, in the 1960s.
1: (laughs) Like one building,
0: like a hardware store and farms and just middle of nowhere. And they go to visit grandparents and dad, stepmom and stepbrother take off and leave him there. And he can't get home. He's left there. So the grandparents say, well, I guess you're living with us. So now he he left mom and he doesn't want to go back with mom, but she would take him back. Like he still calls her and she's like, you can come back here, you know, but he knows he's going to be in the basement or he's, he knows he's fucking weird. Mm -hmm. Um, he has no friends. He can't socialize at all. He's, he is smart. Although in the book, it said like the, I, he took several IQ tests and they, they were arranged. They weren't quite as high, um, as he would tell people the score was, but, um, he was, intelligent enough to manipulate the shit out of almost everyone he met. But he wasn't
1: just an average. No, he, he didn't have not. like a hundred no, IQ. But it he was, was usually around
0: like 120, which is still very that's smart. Still,
1: w- At least one um, standard deviation. Of yes. That, right?
0: Yeah. Um, he, did terrible in school though because he was just so awkward well, yeah. and didn't have friends and he had and he was no angry. and he didn't But he didn't even want to try. Like he had he had nothing he liked. He had nothing he was into. And that's when Clarnell was interviewed. She would say, like, what did he like as a kid? She's like, I put him in every sport. I put him in the Boy Scouts. I put him at everything. And he wouldn't ever do anything. Dude, the Boy he Boy quit Boy Scouts was not yeah, a good no. place for him. But like he would quit. He wouldn't participate. He would complain he would just be a wimp you know and he wouldn't do anything she's like i tried to put him in every club and everything there was and he never did anything he was just a fucking lump and he was he had like no personality and he was so fucking weird um so he's with his grandparents and i'm sure his grandparents are thinking okay he's six four you know he's 300 pounds maybe you'll be you can work on the fucking farm um he did make a friend and they interviewed this friend. At Northfolk, who said he was, I was his friend, but he was fucking weird, like just so weird. Um, it was really hard to talk to him because they had to be driven to the bus stop and picked up from the bus stop because it, so it was so far, far away, away from the farm. And his his family lived in the farm next to Ed's grandparents, so they, they were, were they were neighbors. Yeah. So they kind of were friendly because they had to be in the car together, yeah. and um, but. Ed was super weird with his grandparents. In fact, he had this feeling his grandmother, even though it wasn't his mom's mom, reminded him of his mom saying domineering, mainly because she probably said you got to do chores and Ed never did anything. He was super lazy. He didn't want to move around or do anything or be told what to do.
1: Well, let's be real. Who rules the roost in every
0: house? It's us. Yes, because they're are saying get off. Things,
1: no one does anything. If That's we don't what I'm say saying. It.
0: Yes, Carnell is probably like get off your fucking ass, yeah. and she probably thought she's nagging me all the time. And so was Grandma. She's yeah. like, no. Well, you a farm can't. wife is like yeah. get up and fucking work. Yes, and to everyone Ed's in the house. a fucking wimp. And Ed just got would get started taking out all the anger that was he had towards his mom. He started putting towards his grandma, and he's already fucked in the head and so he just started having these very real hallucinations about shooting his grandma in the head and he would she would be have her back to the window and he would be outside looking through the window and he would have a gun and it would just be aimed at her head for as long as he could just aiming it at there and sitting there and he would change his mind and then aim it so you can imagine sitting with your head back to your window and your grandson sitting there with a gun to your back and to shoot through the window uh. and he would just sit there and do it like what a fucking weirdo and so one day, they're just in the house inside. Today is the day they're sitting at the table, and I think he shot her, or she was sitting at the table. He shoots her in the back because he's a coward too. He shot, he shot, or killed almost everybody from behind, um, and shot her in the back twice yes. with a rifle. Yes, I mean, come on, that is. And then he sat there, and then realized he actually liked his grandfather, he really did like his grandfather. And he realized his grandpa, grandpa's gonna be mad at me for killing his wife. And his logic was, I don't want my grandpa to be mad and at me. And I don't want him to be sad. And so he knew he had to kill his grandpa when he came home before he came in the house before he saw his wife, because the one emotion was like, I don't want him to see his wife dead. But he's, so he's going to kill him. That was his only solution. He has to die. And so when his grandpa came home, I don't. he was either at the grocery store running errands. He went out to his truck and was talking to him for a while with that gun. And um, kind of like, eh, do I, do I not? And then he started heading into the house and he shot his grandpa and killed him. And then goes to call mommy again because he knows his mom will pick up the slack and take care of him and take him in. And calls his mom and says, Mom, I killed the grandparents. (laughs) She just pretty much says something like, God, you fucker. Well, call the police and wait there till they come get you. And he did.
1: She said, you stupid boy. That's what she said. Well, you're stupid boy. Call the police and wait till they arrive.
0: Yeah, I guess. What do you say when your son says he killed your in-laws? I don't know. Um, so he does. He just waits there. The police come, and we hear in that book the neighbor is like, all of a sudden there's this big. Hu- no, Ed had to, they didn't have a phone, so Ed had to go to the neighbor's house and use the phone and say. Oh, in
1: this show, they said he just called and waited no. in the kitchen with his. He dead went grandma. to the
0: neighbor. He went to the neighbors and called and had them call and say, "I need the police and and stuff." And then he went. They said, "What's wrong?" I said, uh, "I don't think he said." And then it was all a hubbub in the town as the police were coming all the way there and they realized um, the two Kemper were dead. He was arrested, diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia, which I don't know if that was the right diagnosis. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The psychiatrists really fucked up with Ed in here many times yes yeah many times he went to Atascadero State Hospital which is a high security like insane asylum like an, an asylum for the criminally insane like the Joker's in and Batman
1: <laughs> yeah. you know
0: it's like the the dirty insane asylum
1: so at this time he's 15 years he's old 15 he's already six foot four yeah he's a giant yes
0: and, and he probably, gets even bigger. Yeah, he gets yeah. to 6'9". Ed tells in this book that every, he learned everything. Um, he just, it was like a college for being a criminal. Yeah. You know, he learned from all these other criminals how to be a criminal. Uh, he learned how to get out, too. They're like, you got to pretend you're normal, you know, but he was young, so he could get out at 21. Um And that's what he did. He just pretend he was smart enough to be able to pretend to be normal. And they thought he was so mild and smart and hardworking and nice. They would, the psychiatrist would start, have him do testing on the other patients and correct um, psych tests. And so Ed knew all the answers. And so when Ed did his psych testing, he could answer in the normal range, Mm -hmm. even though he was completely fucking nuts. And they said, Oh, well, you're totally sane. You're totally normal and you can be released. And that's what they wrote in his record. Like he's no not dangerous to society more anymore. He's totally fine. So he gets out on the tw- his 21st birthday. I thought it was
1: his 18th. It said 1969.
0: Well, it says on his 21st birthday, 1969. I think he was t- uh I think he was 21 when he got out. I feel like he was older, older. Um Mine no- I beg to differ in my notes, but okay. I don't know. Well, that's what it says here. Okay. I mean, I copied it out of the. <laughs> I mean, I just literally printed oh. the transcript. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah, he's fifteen and sixty-four. So that's 16, nineteen, 13, right? 18, nineteen. Yeah. So you're. I don't know. I feel okay. like they got their years okay. wrong, and you maybe are right. Um, well, he's an adult. Well, I'm never right about numbers, um, but yeah. Okay. And then in the book, it was highly suggested, though, that he not be around his mother in the future because his mother sets him off. They are oil and water. Um, And who, where's the only place he can go live? Yeah. With Clarnell. Yep. So Clarnell drives to pick him up. Pulls, She's not happy. Yep. Takes him out. Of the insane asylum, and he moves back in with her, which just sets off this powder keg of Ed Kemper t- being a fucking maniac mm-hmm. for the next few years. Um, 1972, he's by 1972, so a few years after that, he's trying to hold okay, it you're together. Right. It was 21.
1: That's what they said. That's what this oh, biography.com okay. says. But I feel like the
0: years don't. Okay. For, and this and their story don't work out. Um, 1971, he ends up getting a Department of Transportation job. I think he just puts up cones, I think. I know, something like that. <laughs> he ends up buying a really nice car, but then he gets in a car accident and breaks his arm. And I think he was living by himself at the time. He had his mm-hmm. own apartment. He was away from Clarnell. He had a job. He was almost kind of normal. I mean, for him, well,
1: he'd been wor- he'd been going to work yes. and like doing um, stuff.
0: And this accident sets him back because he realizes he can't work. So he, he can't, can't put pay the cones f- down. He can't with do the broken arm. He can't pay for his apartment anymore, even though he gets a $15,000 compensation finally from the accident. He ends up moving back in with his mom because he can't work and he can't care for himself I guess he says at his apartment so when he moves back into his mom and and he's not working this is where again the mom relationship his rage towards his mom starts coming back he's arguing with her she's drinking a lot they're fighting she doesn't he's doing nothing and just sitting at home and I'm sure she's nagging him and he starts getting all these his Fucking weird thoughts.
1: So I did. He move out then with because I thought he was kind of away from her at the beginning of his murders. No, no, because he, I thought when he ran out of that fifteen thousand, then he moved back in with his mom in like seven.
0: I think he probably, but I think he was back when he had the broken arm. He was with her, okay, and because
1: then he did have his own apartment for a while where he, he was did. putting the body but a
0: lot of them he was putting in his mom's apartment he lived in a little his mom had a little tiny apartment and he was with her most of the time towards the end Um, Ed starts getting this idea uh, in his head about something he can do and he starts kind of cruising so in the 1960s and 1970s everyone was hitchhiking up and down california from beach to beach um going from la maybe to san francisco and you were just hitchhiking your way and it was just the way people did things kind of the free spirit ed um well he
1: wasn't working anymore so he just drive around
0: all day all yeah day and he'd notice like there's all these girls just on the side of the road just wanting a they would get in my car you know and he has not had a girlfriend he has not have a much relationship ever. at yeah. all ed actually does before he is caught becomes engaged to a girl Gross. believe it or not um her father hate and thought he was weird as fuck too mm-hmm. um, but he does end up meeting a girl and getting engaged and she think but that's at the kind of end of his oh. um 11 month killing spree that he ends up on he's cruising around and during this time he realizes he has just this total opportunity to do whatever he wants to all these girls they're going to get in his car he picks up about 150 women and it's just trial runs you know seeing uh, how how do i talk to them in the car um how how is it going to if I were to where would I take one if I was going to kill it? And it's all these practices. In fact, he in that the book, he would have his gun under his leg so he could quick. It was always his gun was always right there with every girl that got in and he would have it under his leg so that he could just grab it if he wanted to and shoot her and kill her. And he just he was doing all these practices. In fact, he had different glasses, ones that would make him look more kind of like dorky you know and then um oh different God. glasses where yeah. he looked more sophisticated and he would just switch his glasses for it with the kind of girl well, his he thought
1: Mustache looked like it was two leeches on well, his lip like absolutely one false. here and one here just and then a, a, a buffoon big it's a big s- skin yes. piece in the middle and Doughy i like, ew i would buffoon. not get in a car with the leech mustache no
0: no I would not either. What were these women doing?
1: Oh, they wanted to get somewhere.
0: He would, his mom was a secretary at the university. And so it was just, you know, college girls central. And he would drive his mother's car and she had a university sticker for parking on the car. And so when he would talk to these girls or pick them up, they would see, oh, he goes to the college that I go to. He's obviously maybe, you know, got it together. And they would get in the car and that totally fooled him. Mm -hmm. On May 7th, 1972, he decided today's the day. Mm -hmm. Today's the day. He picked up two college girls, Marianne Pesky, Anita, Mary, Mm Lucasa. They were eight, just 18, two beautiful 18 year olds. And they wanted to go to Stanford, which is about 40 miles away. He would drive around look for these hitchhikers there were these two together which was pretty risky for his first yeah, one right um he had and big balls. he wanted them to have the characteristics that reminded him of his mother you I, I mean to rape or what i mean what? I, oh god he's gross mm-hmm. um and these two girls just friends thinking they're gonna get a ride and go hang out with their other friends it's just this is so awful he drove he picked up the girls talked to them like i'm sure uh, tried to be normal and they were probably like fuck this guy's weird he drove them to secluded woods and by that time i'm sure they were thinking mm-hmm. holy shit he ended up handcuffing both of them and he takes one of them i'm not sure which one still alive and puts her in the trunk of the car and she's sitting in there, and then the other one he kills. And he describes in the book, like in detail, this killing, which was absolutely horrific. Horrible. Um,
1: it's never at first it was not with his gun, even though no, you said was he said he had knife. a gun, he yeah. always stabbed them yes. at first. So and it was, it was very awkward, violent and
0: And they weren't dying at first yes. and they were fighting him off, which he didn't realize. And so they had all these just cuts and they were slowly just bleeding out and fighting him and screaming and terrified. And it was always just a clusterfuck of blood everywhere. Um and he would always say, I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to kill you and try to like calm them down. And then he would just kill them. And he yeah. had his, he had sex then with their dead bodies in the car. Yeah. What in Mm-mm. the hell? So Ed stabbed, suffocated each girl, went to the trunk, killed this other girl, which was awful because she fought him off like really hard. Um, And he would put both bodies in his Ford Galaxy, what the hell kind of a car oh is that? Oh my God, look out. Um, Would go back to his apartment, I guess, so this he must have been living on his own for this one, where he would carry the bodies in. And he tells the story of how he's carrying one of the bodies in a blanket and like his knife falls out and then one of his neighbors is walking down the stairs and just doesn't even like look at him twice. And it's like, Oh, I'm carrying a body over my shoulder and my bloody knife like falls out. And the neighbor just keeps walking by like, Holy shit. Um, he takes the bodies into his apartment. He rapes the corpses some more. I, I don't even understand how, how would, how would you just look at a corpse and think I'm just going to get it on with this dead body, which I'm sure has already voided the bowels and, is already bloody and smelling.
1: Well, that lady who is on this show, the British one or whatever, she's kind of handsome. Yeah, she's Um, handsome. But she, this is where she like popped in on the show and said his sexuality was completely uh, messed up. Like nothing about what aroused him was normal. So he Clearly. had to kill everybody before he had sex with them because he could not be re- take rejection anymore. Like his mom had rejected him, had told oh, it right like yeah. was like nope, I'm not having it. Um you know, you're in the basement, you're whatever, you're worthless. Yeah. And so that's he was never aroused until he knew that he couldn't be rejected by them. Good
0: God! And then also
1: the fact that he would then dismember them and put them in different places in his house, like he yes. would put some, he would put some in the car and some in the closet and some because. And that also is a. It's called partialism. That lady said, and that is like when you carry around a part of someone, it stimu- It's like stimulating and arousing because it's. Dangerous, and you have a piece of oh, that I got with you. some
0: knee, yeah. in a Ziploc bag. Yeah. It's and this very... knee is turning me
1: on, so then you would carry How, him around for why a while. Are people, yeah. so fun, and then you would just chuck him in the mountains when he was yes. done with them,
0: right? He would, in fact, throw them out over a cliff yeah. a lot of the time, and that's why some of them started washing up on shore because mm-hmm. he was throwing them into the water off of a cliff, yeah. Four Ew. months later, he's at it again. And his this victim. This one is the saddest is, one. And she was adorable. like your ears. Year, yes, it was you... a fifteen-year-old girl on her way to fucking ballet class. Yes, it was so sad. Um, because I watched another show on him, and it was her best friend that was being interviewed, and it was just like she was there and then she wasn't, and she, she was, was gone. She
1: was fifteen. She worked at a library. Iko cool Yes,
0: I think her name. Yes, Iko ku Yes, and she was on her way to dance class. She was being raised by her single mom, who was just working hard to put her through dance, put her through school. Her mom made all her costumes. Um, she missed the bus to dance class and she wanted she wanted to make it so bad she so she afraid. decided to to hike. And that was like the worst mistake she ever made because she just wanted to get to class.
1: Did you notice in this reenactment? So they showed real pictures of her, yes. right? And she is Korean American. Yes. Um and then when they did the reenactment, it was like this white girl with blue eyes that they kept showing a picture of. I'm like,
0: what? Is wrong with these this producer. I don't know. Well, did you see grandma Kemper was like a 25-year-old blonde? (laughs) But that's not grandma. You didn't even try to hire a grandma. Well, they
1: didn't try to hire Iko
0: either. No. Jesus. Sadly. Um He has her in the car. He pulls over and she's smart enough to know this guy's fucked. And when he got out of the car, she locked the door and wouldn't let him in. And she's panicking and crying. Um And he realizes, holy shit, now I got to really kill her because she's seeing that I'm you know, going to do something. She's suspicious. She's keeping him out of the car. She doesn't know how to start the car, though. So she's panicking. She doesn't know how to drive. She doesn't know where to go. um He's, he's
1: literally like the yeah. keys are in the car. He has locked himself. The murderer has locked himself out of the car, yes. and his victim is in there. And this is so frustrating. Like it makes I know. me want to scream. Yeah,
0: and she still didn't. She didn't have start the car. She didn't know how to start. The car no, car she didn't know how to drive. And he and so was. She was terrified oh god i know it just think think how differently this could have turned I know. out he's such a manipulator that he spent over an hour mm-hmm. convincing her that everything's fine let me in you know i'm gonna take you home i'm not gonna hurt you like i just i'm sorry i scared yeah. you i'll yeah. let you
1: go like just let me back in the car
0: yeah <gasps> no she let him back in he in he immediately strangles her rapes her dead body and then takes her body to the apartment cuts her up and has sex with her parts this 15 year old girl going to dance class what how does a human being turn into this how how is this created how are you this kind of a person and how does he even have some kind of intelligence to not just be completely empty of any yeah. like he had to know it's wrong because he hit everything you know he knew yes. it was wrong but how can you know something's wrong and still not understand that you don't do that uh, yeah i don't get how he people understood uh, yeah.
1: that he knew it was bad he knew oh. yeah he's not good
0: no he's not good he's
1: evil oh i just feel like his rejection from birth on had a lot yeah they call
0: him a lust killer so he has this rage against women Mm -hmm. hatred against women he blames his lack of sexual prowess on women Mm -hmm. it's the woman's fault Mm -hmm. Um, everything is a woman's fault even he though his dad also and destroy them. Yeah. Um, fucked him up and left him in a but it probably
1: him. pissed him off because he said, "Look, my dad would still be here if my mom wasn't Maybe, a crazy probably. bitch." You know, so it was like everything yeah. was his mom's fault. Whether it was faulty, th- I mean, it clearly was faulty thinking. But
0: right, like he right. just wanted to get her. So over the next few months, he is killing, uh, cutting apart, and raping women. He's bringing them into his apartment. Only
1: after they're dead. Yes. he. Oh, Never, yes. Never when they're yeah.
0: alive. Only the dead. He is removing their organs. He's, you know, cutting them up and looking. I mean, and it's getting worse and worse, like his cutting up of the body. Kind of like Jack the Ripper, you know, how he mm-hmm. kind of started up with just a little bit. And then by the end, mm-hmm. he was just like tearing them apart. That's kind of how he's getting. He's just mm-hmm. getting more and more gruesome and violent and disgusting. Um, and as he's killing these six or seven women, um, we have the other ser- serial killer, um, Herbert Mullen, working and killing. And so the police are like, are these two connected? Who's going with what? Who? I mean, and the Zodiac killer was happening. And Charles um, Manson was yes. on
1: trial at and, the same yeah, time. Yeah, they're thinking, holy yes. shit,
0: how is all of this going on and happening? And this, everyone's like, this... The sixties and the seventies were peaceful times. No, they were filled with a million serial yeah. killers. Well, right
1: away at the beginning of the episode, the cop said, We told people stop hitchhiking. And then that pissed them off because yeah. they were like, We can do what we want. We're free. Yeah, well you're gonna and, your corpse okay, will get raped, yeah, you, you can. Dick. Yeah.
0: Do you want to get your <laughs> raped when you're a corpse? <laughs> no, well go for it. Why
1: am I laughing
0: at that? It's so horrible. I know. Um He did end up killing as well um, 19-year-old Cindy Shawl, And we see her brother, Forrest, who talked about just, you know, all these serial killers are around and then your sister's gone. And you have to just know something awful, 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 awful happened. And she was a really hardworking student. She was an au pair. Um, She was going to college. She... I mean, he was doing everything right, working really hard. He, she was hitchhiking to get home from school. Mm-hmm. Car pulls up. She sees that it's you know the stat. Oh, there he's a college guy. Oh, it's Leech Mustache. I know. Yeah, I love he it. goes to my college, so he must be okay. Um, she is the one that he shot with a twenty-two caliber gun mm-hmm. in the head. Um, she also was dismembered. He threw her parts into the Pacific Ocean, and I believe it was her parts that. Started floating up uh-huh. into the beach. Yes. Um. He kept her head. Yep. And had sex with her head. Mm-hmm. Um. That's pretty bad. Um. The thing is that Kemper was still going to regular psychi- uh, psychiatric appointments. Uh. So for his parole for being a juvie murderer, he had to go to the shrink every once in a while. And he said, "Sure thing." And he would report and go to the shrink. Um, in fact, one time he went and was telling the shrink, you know, I'm totally normal. I'm feeling great. I'm working. I'm um, doing everything wonderful. And the psychiatrist is like, gosh, you're doing such a good job. And Ed's saying the whole time I have Cindy Shaw's head in my trunk mm-hmm. and I've been killing all these women and I'm just lying to the psychiatrist and they just scribbling down on their notepad like and, I just yes. have something to check off. And they're not even... But literally,
1: that psych wrote. He Ed Kemper is fully rehabilitated. Yep, he's doing great. He knew exactly what to say.
0: Yes, Mm -hmm. because he gave all the tests, and he he was the one giving the tests to people. Yeah, he knew what the answers were, and he had a head in his trunk. Right, and that's a form of power too, right? Like
1: you know, you're lying and getting away with it. Yeah, I'm sure he got got it. A head in my
0: trunk four weeks after this last attack oh this is where 1973 he's run out of money he moves back in with his mother and he's still murdering people and bringing corpses into yes. his mother's house yes. so she must really have wet brain from booze yeah. to not notice the smell of dead buttholes in her house <laughs> because that has to smell worse than my poop house <laughs> my house is just covered in dog feces but that had to stink worse yeah February fifth, nineteen seventy three, he kills again Rosalind and Alice, two victims. Um, he would tell police that he shot them as he drove off of campus, um, because stabbing um, to death was getting to be too much work for him because he's bothersome. the He's the laziest of bastards, um, and it would also be bloody, and he would always have to clean. A lot and to clean. Ed don't do work. No. he don't do nothing. He bought a gun and. Um, I don't know how, since he was in an insane insane asylum. Well, I know how. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And he just started shooting people and it was much easier. So he shot one where she was in the back seat and one in the front seat. And again, the terror, I mean, at least I would think that hopefully was quicker because when he described stabbing these women, it was so traumatizing to read. It was so awful Um, because Ed likes to talk. And so when you you get Ed interviewing which he ends up later telling his story over and over again Mm -hmm. he tells every detail and then he'll kind of tell the story again but exaggerate every detail Mm -hmm. because if he sees you really like one part he'll make it grosser you know just to try to entertain you and make him seem like more of a monster this cool monster not realizing that everyone's horrified at him thinks he fucking sucks he thinks he's getting this attention um it's time when a, so a week after the le, the last two were killed, these body parts are washing up on shore. Um, people are going to the beach and they're finding fucking buttholes washed up on shore and hands. And it's like jaws all over again. Like, what the fuck is happening? Um, he then tried to spread them all out, but they're still just kind of washing up and being found. Right. And so he's not sure where to dump them all here. Um, and he dismembers them. So he's all these parts that he's trying to get rid of and random hitch. I mean, random hikers are finding parts and the police are finding You know, they have all these parts washing up all over the place. And is it with this killer? Is it that killer? And so there's constant just chaos um, at the time as well. So it- that's probably why he's getting away with it a lot longer than he should have been. During all this, though, Kemper was smart enough, too, he would go to a cop bar called the Jury Room. It was right by the courthouse. And he would go and just sit there, and the cops thought of him as kind of like big dumb ed. Mm -hmm. And he would just sit there and talk to the police and act, you know, all non-threatening. And he would overhear their conversations, and he would just hear them talk about all of the cases, cases, like killings that he did. And he would find out this information, find out where they're looking, um... he He was just really listening to see
1: if they had any
0: leads leads. on, and they just
1: called them big ed and they were like he was fine hey this big fucking
0: weirdo who's seven feet tall comes in and keeps asking me about these certain murders i wonder if we should talk to him a little bit more no No. oh okay oh thank god probably a woman in april of that year a diligent clerk in Santa Cruz, runs finally a background check on this gun dealer's sales records and finds a three by five card with Edmund Kemper's name on it, but all this shit's blacked out on it. And the person's like, "What the hell is this for?" But the blacked out ink she could read through, and it said so one eighty seven.
1: Yes, it had been. It had his name, Edmund Emil Kemper. Or Emile is yeah. how they said it. Um, and it had been crossed out with a
0: Sharpie marker. Yes.
1: So she could read his name through it. And then it said 187 PC.
0: Yes. And that is the penal code for murder.
1: We all know that from every Dr. Dre song. Yes. yes. I got a um, 187 on an undercover cat,
0: And it was in Madeira, California, the county where north fork was right and so they saw oh he's the one that killed his grandparents and he has a gun so this clerk told the police this guy has a gun i'm not sure he's supposed to have it because he's fucking weirdo and he murdered his grandparents Mm -hmm. do detectives then find where ed lives and i believe he was living with his mom at the time um, because his mom had this weird l-shaped house i remember from in the Kemper was in the car and at the time, I think he was actually cleaning up some blood and two cops go and he gets out of the car and they're like, holy shit, we knew it was him because this 6'9 guy stands up. He's blocking out the sun, one of the cops say. Uh-huh. They identify themselves um, and they said, did you buy a gun? He went, yeah, I did. And they said, we don't think you're supposed to have this gun. So can we have it? And he went, okay. And he goes... Um, to open the trunk and at that time one of them said i knew it was him at that point yeah like i knew he was this killer we were looking for i think just because he's this big fucking weirdo Yeah, um, ed goes to open the trunk and the both cops split up one goes to one side of the trunk and the one goes to the other and they had their hand on their guns and so ed opens the trunk finds the gun and the receipt in there and gives it to the cops. No, he... he said, they, oh, they gave him a receipt. They gave him... He, he, they took his gun. They
1: took the gun. They knew that, like, Ed in his mind was like, I'm gonna kill these fuckers. Yes. And so he went to reach in and they were like, actually, can you just give us the keys? I oh, think, that's right. Yes. Yeah. And so... They knew enough how to do their jobs in that they're not going to let him open the trunk and shoot them. So he's like, it's in my trunk. They said, just give us the keys. So they That's just opened right. up yeah. his trunk. They took the keys and then gave him a receipt. And we like, thanks. Be on
0: our way. Yeah, because it was Ed in the book. They asked him about this and he said, yes, I had every intention of getting my gun out and shooting mm-hmm. both of them. But then they split up and then they outsmarted mm-hmm. me or whatever. Mm-hmm. He said something like that. So, yeah, that's what it went. So then I think that he was on their radar already, but they didn't do too much just then. Well, this um, is when he decided I'm just going to end it. Yes. Right. He's like,
1: they know I'm fine. Yeah. Now they came for yeah. this
0: gun, the gun he used in a murder. So right. he knew by if they start matching up stuff. I've killed someone with that gun. They're going to figure it out. It's me. Um, He's getting nervous now. The police are, you know, coming for him, he thinks. And he thinks I might, if I, I might be normal. Uh, Finally, you know, the way to get normal is I just got to kill my mom.
1: (laughs) And so
0: he thinks to solve all of his problems and be normal, he has to kill his mother. If I get rid of my mother, I won't be a killer anymore if I kill my mom. Mm I mean, it doesn't even make sense. But to him, it did. So April 20th, 1973. Clarnell finally gets invited to probably this party she wanted to go to forever. She probably puts on her best frumpy wrap dress. Takes her bottle of booze. She goes to her party, has fun. Ed's waiting up for her because he knows he's going to kill her and she comes home hammered and she goes to bed and Ed comes in and I'm sure she's like I'm fucking hammered Ed why are you coming in to talk to me I don't want to talk to you right now can you just go to bed or do the dishes or do something Ed and leave me the hell alone and I don't want to talk to you about your goddamn day I just want to go to bed because I'm hammered. Um, Which is what she said to him. She's like, I suppose you want to talk to me now.
1: Yeah. And he was just like... Because
0: he never shut up. Ed talked all the time. He never shut up.
1: once again, she rejected him, right? Like if she would have just said, oh, hey, what's up? But no, right again, she and she like said it in such a mocking way you know i suppose you want to talk to me all night now tell (laughs) me some stories
0: but he has been fucking heads right (laughs) but he denies her again he's fucking the neck and he's fucking the head and he's fucking the dead head (laughs) <laughs> and she wants no part of it. She doesn't know about the If I can she wants no just part. She's annoyed it. by him. She
1: knows he's weird. But then the weirdest thing is, he doesn't just shoot her right then when she walks no. after him. He waits for her to fall. Asleep. I think he was
0: debating. Yeah. I think he was like, eh. Like, and then if he I can if, it, yeah. like, maybe. If I do kill her and if I do become normal, then maybe he thinks what's special about me. If I'm no longer this killer that's outsmarting right, everybody, he might be thinking. Or, I mean, even, or without my mom who's going to take care of me. Yeah. I, I mean, right now I'm free to just murder who I want and not work. And yeah. my mom's dealing with it all. I don't know. Or maybe he really wanted her to be passed out so she didn't feel yeah, it. Maybe, I, don't I don't know. But at four in the morning, he goes back in. He takes a hammer, because he's not going to make it easy for her, and just hammers the shit out of her skull. So um, mad. Beats the shit out of her head. um, Then goes into the kitchen, I think, gets a knife, decapitates her, uh, takes the head, uses it as a dartboard, and is throwing darts at her head, screaming at the head, probably telling the story he wanted to tell her earlier (laughs) in the night. (laughs) Um, He's yelling at her. You're not going to yell at me anymore. You're not going to yell at me anymore. Um, Then he cuts open her neck, takes out her vocal cords, and he puts them in the garbage garbage disposal disposal in the sink. And I think he... Did he pull them back out? Because they got
1: stuck in there. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I think he actually... Maybe they were. Um, He spent the rest of the day, he cut her into pieces... He cleaned her in the bathtub. He hid all her body parts in her closet. Um. This, do they talk about him. He he fucked the neck. He fucked her face. No. Yeah, I think he did. He no. like had his mom do. No. Do oral things to no. him with her head. He admitted. No. Um. That's bad, right? Oh. So his fifty-two-year-old mother is dead, and he's humped the face. <laughs> oh. Um, But he doesn't want people to know she's dead right away. So he wants people to think she's gone on like a booze cruise or something with her bestie. So he calls 59-year-old Sarah Taylor Hallett to come over at 5 p.m. Because that's her mom's bestie. Yes. And she comes over. He pretends to take off her coat like a fucking gentleman. But he does a move where she's trapped in her coat. And then... Beats her to death with yes. his fists, yep. pummels her face, and then stuffs her dead body in the front closet. So now she's gone and her mom is gone. And so people will think they're on the trip together is his thinking. And so they won't notice that one or the other is gone for a while. He packs up his car and starts driving to Colorado. Um, he goes on the run for four days. He took the mother's friend car, Sarah's car. Yes. Um, And he decides he's going to try to make a getaway. But then he thinks, all right, the cops are going to probably find him anyway. There might be a shootout when they try to stop him. So three days after that, he's in Pueblo, Colorado. He calls the Santa Cruz Police Department. And he says he wants to talk to Lieutenant Shear, the guy who's probably doing his case. And the operator says he doesn't work on the weekends. He'll call back Monday. Um, Kemper hangs up he's fucking pissed like mm-hmm. I'm Ed Kemper calling the police and you told me to call back so he calls back right away and he says I have information about all those dead girls he's and, like
1: listen to yeah. me
0: and they decide they put him on hold and they get him on the phone and he tells them I'm Ed Kemper I you know did all that shit um the you know, I fucked my mom's head and killed her and all those other girls heads and killed them. Um, they call the local police. They come out to get him and arrest him in the phone booth and bring him to California. And the police are actually interviewed in that book. And they say he started talking, and he talked the entire mm-hmm. way to California. And they just let him talk because he was telling They drove story back on purpose. Yes, for, yes. To let
1: him talk for
0: three days. And they finally after they were like, he doesn't ever shut up. And what he was saying is like vile, sickening stuff all the well, f- all shit the he did and so the police officers yeah. are like horrified but they have to hear him talk because they have to let him confess but they're just like my god just shut up you know like holy shit yeah they take him um in and start interviewing him and you know he pretty much just tells his entire story in all this detail uh ending it with killing his mother um he Kemper says he's lost his murderous purpose now um and he feels like okay he's done with his murdering and that was it he's ready to do whatever they need him to do (sighs) um I'm done now I did it all and that's everything I did um holy shit uh, May 7th, 1973, he was indicted for eight murders, the ones he confessed to. So who knows if there's some that he didn't confess to, but he pretty much spilled every detail of everything. He liked that people were finally listening to him. Mm-hmm. Um, his trial began five months later. Um, Ed decided to plead not guilty for some reason, even though he had admitted to everything and told he every knew.
1: detail. knew. That if he said not guilty by reason of insanity, that he would get put back in the institution rather than going to prison. And he could fake
0: his way out of that institution. And he knew how to do that. And he was like, that's going to be better than prison. And the prosecutors were like, fuck you. We're not going to fall for that dick. Right. Um, No way. And the jury, after the whole trial, which must have been as gross as it gets. Right. Convicted him guilty after five hours so they did have a dinner i don't know how they ate yeah Um, no no found him guilty of first degree murder on all eight counts he was given seven years to life on each count um concurrently being served he is still in prison um while he was first in prison he was a big news story he was constantly being interviewed he was on tv at first after like the first year he decided to do the whole i found god type of thing and wanted forgiveness and so he got a lot of attention that way um he oh, became no. pen pals with uh um pastor for a while Gross. he got a job reading kids' books uh-huh. on tape, yes. like Star Wars and all that stuff, which horrified me because yes. I could have listened to that. He read thousands and yes. thousands of hours of books Yeah, on and tape. that was like his – kept him busy. He was also one of the major interviews for the FBI in their criminal profiling unit when it first started because he was so open to his thoughts during his murders that they used him – um, in that show Mindhunter, he's portrayed there because he talks so openly about his murders and how he was feeling and what he thought and his childhood that they use a lot of what he says, you know, as right. psychology toward murderers and serial how, killers. I hope they know he's just full of shit. They know he's full of okay. shit. Um, I
1: didn't ever watch Mindhunter. It was that it's really,
0: okay. really, really good. Um, it's really good. And
1: then That's they why had, I was a dumb shit and didn't know yeah, anything. They had about a season three,
0: but then Netflix was like put it on hold, and now I think they don't have money for it because they've been fucking up so much. I don't know. Well,
1: everyone's been stealing their Netflix yes. for years.
0: Um so hopefully, yes, he'll never get out. Um, I'm pretty sure he never will. He'll die in prison. Yeah. Um Ed is, yes, one of the most evil men yeah. to ever exist. And he pretty much just killed because he just could I mean he could? He was and mad he did his mom. He was mad, really mad at fucking Clarnell. Mm, fucking Clarnell. So happy Mother's yeah. Day! Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there that aren't named Clarnell. <laughs> Um, And if you could give us a review of this great show you just listened to. And follow us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. We would love it. We sure would. Yes. Everything helps. We love our reviews. I know. Yes. Oh, well, until next time, who will it be? I don't know. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye.